successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. You're listening to KMBZ 980 AM. And also joining me today, I appreciate it, on podcasts, on iTunes, and Stitcher Radio as well as at GrillNationShow.com, where you can find information about all my guests, uh, great photos of our guests, and also any other social media information is always available. I'm always on Twitter, at Jason Grill as well. Really exciting show today. Uh, we'll get to our guest here in just a second. Before we get to him, I want to start off by thanking our partners and supporters of the show. Title sponsor uh, of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation show and guest host are Jay Rieger and Co., the Rieger, and Ryan Maybe is a guest host and contributor, One Light Luxury Apartments and Reactor Design Studios, and Clifton Alexander. Uh, continue to con- grow that uh, sponsor list and guest host list. One of the reasons I love having guest hosts, I know I posted about this, is because they bring exciting new ideas and guests to the show and also a really good thought leadership. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves here on the show. And speaking of that, on today's show, we're going to have a fun time with uh, a guy that I actually have uh, met uh, recently, but have kind of kept my eyes on for many years uh, as a former uh, Mizzou law grad, uh, but also an entrepreneur who's uh, done a lot of different things throughout the country. Uh, Chad Troutwine is joining me. He's in studio today. He is uh, born and raised here in Kansas City, in the Kansas City area, and now lives out in California but is back and forth from time to time. Uh, great guy. His Twitter handle is at Chad Troutwine, like the fish and the wine. There you go, Troutwine. Uh, welcome to the show, Chad. How are you? Jason, I'm great. I appreciate that warm introduction, my friend. Well, it's hard to introduce you. It really is because um, if you go to your LinkedIn page, there's a lot of different things you've done in your life, and I know that sometimes I feel like I kind of fall into on a lesser level how do you explain yourself and uh, to a person you just meet? And it's, do you pick out one of the things, or how do you do that? So I'm going to let you, Chad, kind of let's take it from the top, man. You grew up here. I did. I was uh, born in Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and lived in the Northeast Van Horn School District until uh, late elementary school. And then my parents uh, bought a little land out in Independence in the Fort Osage School District. Mm-hmm. So I, I finished up my education out there, and. Uh, this uh, is has always been my home, though. So even though I've spent more time in California over the last several years, I still keep a home here in Kansas City. And we'll get into this a little bit later. But I've owned businesses here for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and so everyone in California thinks I'm a Kansas Cityan. And uh, when I'm back here, everyone uh, just assumes I'm a full-time Californian. Sure. Um, so you've always placed a high value on entrepreneurship and education. Now, you, you scored a perfect score in the SAT. Right. Tell me about that. At age 16, I think you went to college. That is uh, unique for Kansas City, I feel like. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm very lucky. I had uh, two parents who, even though we didn't have a lot of money, uh, put a real premium on education. So mm-hmm. I grew up over on St. John in a, a pretty rough section of our city. 
And uh, I think I probably uh, succeeded more in elementary school uh, by being able to talk my way out of fights or occasionally having to defend myself uh, <laughs> than I did in the, in the classroom. Um, I wasn't surrounded by uh, a lot of other uh, parents and kids who were probably thinking about college. I think they were just hoping that their kids would stay in school long enough to graduate high school and get a good job. Uh, but my parents went to college at night. Mm. Um, my dad started an entre- entrepreneurial path when I was very young. And so I had uh, two parents who, uh, from the very beginning, talked about college as my likely journey. Mm-hmm. And so I think that gives anyone an advantage. There is no one perfect path. And I think we've gotten into a place where um, too many people believe that if they don't go to college, they're somehow not fully vested in the American dream. Mm-hmm. What I like is I don't care if you're from a little town in Missouri, like where my mom grew up, or from these rough streets of the, the, the more the inner city parts of Kansas City, there are bright kids who should go to college and they need an opportunity. We have a lot of other kids who I think getting an apprenticeship, learning a trade and getting a job should be valued mm-hmm. rather than this pressure that if you don't go to college, that somehow your life is, is going to be less fulfilling. That's more accepted in uh, California, isn't it? I think so. Although uh, I bet a bunch of people you know out there think that if they send their kids to a certain school, or go to a certain place or whatever, they'll always be successful no matter what. It, it, it comes from a good place. Mm-hmm. That's flawed thinking, but I, I think most parents just want the best for their kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned, too, that you're a new parent. I Someone am. a new parent, right? Yeah, no, new. I've got an 18-month-old daughter, and so she's in that stage where every day she's adding a new word to her, her vocabulary. She's all over the place, high energy, beautiful uh, little 18-month-old daughter. I will say that you kind of built your career before having a family which is something I've tried to pride myself on. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but Jason, I, I think I was just too selfish uh, and self-absorbed to be a dad when I was in my 20s. My, you know, my parents had me at 24. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would have been ready for it. But if you can hold off for, for anyone, kind of the, especially on an entrepreneurial path, man or woman, if you can start your, uh, if you want to have children and you start your family a little later, I think it brings a different level of maturity and if you're having some success, a little level of financial security, it just eases tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't care who you are. The common areas of stress can come from money and planning out your, your life plan. And so if you're already on that path, I think it really uh, gives older parents a little bit of an advantage. And my wife is uh, younger than I am, and we're still high energy enough that we're still running around with our daughter. I think I bet, we, yeah. we got the sweet spot just right. Very cool. Uh, we're talking to Chad Troutwine. So, okay, so you, you passed the uh, SAT as a child. Yeah, let me circle 16, back to that and one. And then you, you went on a full-fledged educational uh, tour yeah, of the country. <laughs> right. Here, here's the thing. I think a lot of people look at exams like the SAT and the ACT as very intimidating. There's a lot of pressure to try and do well on a single exam. I had a different philosophy. I was out at Fort Osage, which I loved. I was, uh. Does Albert Pujols go there? Yes. Is that, is that where he went? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that you and Albert Pujols are the two people I know now from Fort Osage. Uh, and AJ Gaines. <laughs> AJ Gaines. Okay. And, 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 and Betty Lennox. Okay. So we've, we've got a good, a good sports tradition out there. Fort Osage won the state championship in football uh, within the last couple of years. And, uh, we had good teams when I was there. Good yeah. football teams. Um, good basketball or, or poor basketball teams elite wrestling teams, good baseball teams, and mm-hmm. and sports were a priority. But I will tell you, college was not the biggest priority for most of my classmates. Very few went on to college, and almost none aspired to go to college at a selective school. But for me, that, that standardized exam was a ticket out. So it can be that way for a lot of people. So instead of being intimidated by that exam, I saw this as this is, a, this is a, one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. And so 
earning high scores on standardized exams allowed me to go from good public schools uh, to eventually elite private schools. And mm-hmm. So I got that mix of both. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that, kind of what that <laughs> spearheaded for you uh, in your entrepreneurial career. But just off the top, we had a minute left in the first segment. I want to say that you got your BA at uh, ASU, mm-hmm. University of Missouri for JD, MBA at Yale, and then your MPA at Harvard Kennedy School in, right. in Boston. So you've done a lot of... Uh, a lot of schooling, but I will say. But that, I'm done, Jason. I will say that uh, you graduated from college at age 19. Yes, is that right? Yes. Wow. So it's, so it's it, not crazy. So when you, so when you uh, got your first job, if, if, yeah. So we have a person that works with us at Paris that was, I think, 21 mm-hmm. when she started, and I was always like, man, I feel old. You know, when I'm 38, it's just like. If I would go back, I would do that part a little differently. So stay, stay around for four years. We got to go to break here soon, but yeah, I'll, I'll just say quickly: high school in three years college in three years, and I have a summer birthday. So it was high energy more than just the nerdy Doogie Howser kid that uh, we rushed ahead. <laughs> when we come back from break, I want to talk to Chad about Veritas Prep, which he co-founded uh, while he was at Yale. and kind of goes back to the whole SAT, ACT, and GRE. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can always connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Appreciate you joining us again today. With the full hour today with Chad Troutwine, entrepreneur and uh, Kansas City guy. He uh, rotates his time between uh, Los Angeles and Kansas City now, but just doing a lot of really cool things. We'll get into those in a second here in Kansas City. Uh he uh, founded a Torn Label Brewery, which you've probably heard of, in 2014, and also has founded a lot of different other companies, and has been recognized by Forbes Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine as a trailblazer and trendsetter. Okay, Chad, so um, before we get into Mizzou football this year, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so you uh, you were talking about college and, and whatnot, and uh, you know you went to Mizzou for your JD, and we talked about that. Uh, you were there a little bit before me. Uh, but one of the things you did was you got your MBA from the Yale School of Management. And while you were there, you uh, launched a uh, college prep type thing called Veritas Prep. Talk yes. to us about that and how that kind of evolved, because that kind of plays into your what we were talking about in the first segment uh, with uh, the SAT. That's it, Jason. It was something that I knew well. I think entrepreneurs have a better likelihood for success if they can call on any kind of expertise they have. Yeah. And so I was someone who, as we talked about earlier, a product of a, a pretty average public high school. So at my 20-year high school reunion at Fort Osage, I counted up, and we had more grandparents. So these would have been mostly 37-, 38-year-old grandparents than we did uh, graduates with advanced degrees, hmm. graduate degrees. And that's fine. Um, but I know that there are a lot of people who are interested in um, expanding their education. And one of the secrets is to do well on standardized exams. All of that is coachable. So many people are intimidated. I think the SAT or the GMAT are just IQ tests, and you simply show up, and it's an expression of your ability. It's not true. They're they're absolutely coachable, and we developed a system um, over the course of several years that I wrote when I was a grad student at Yale to help anybody who's willing to put in the time to get a higher score on these standardized exams. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun. I was a... A Missouri boy, uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Most of the, my classmates at Yale 
had come out of very glamorous sure. undergraduate schools. Some had grown up in uh, very privileged environments. About a third of my class were international students. Hmm. So imagine people that had grown up um, hungry, poor, talented from South America and Africa mixed in with uh, part of the the upper class of, of England and Northern Europe all swirled together in this great intellectual laboratory at Yale. And I knew that I wanted to continue on an entrepreneurial path. Mm-hmm. I thought, what's something that I know that maybe people would be interested in? Co-wrote the lesson materials, wrote a business plan, and won Yale's business plan competition. That was that little push that I, I want to do this for real. Mm-hmm. I recruited my best friend. He had spent the summer on Wall Street. We came back for our second year of our MBA program. Um, Marcus had always offered a lot of great advice on the business plan. And over our holiday break, Jason, I wrote to him this in a small way. It became kind of the lore of our business, this email. He was back home where he grew up in Norway talking to his parents um, about what he wanted to do in his, his life and his career. And I said, I know you want to be an entrepreneur. It's in you. His parents were scientists. They didn't know anything about that life. He had been on Wall Street. He assumed he was going to take a traditional job in finance. But I talked him into this idea of coming back to New Haven and launching the business with me. So for almost a year, we lived on whiskey and ramen noodles and uh, didn't take on any outside investment, didn't take on a penny of debt, Mm -hmm. just lived poor and turned it around. Um, By the end of that first year, we had two employees. Now, 15 years later, we have over 600 employees, um, about Still going strong, huh? Still going strong. That's amazing. And so at the same time you were doing this, you also had done some stuff in uh, real estate here in Kansas City, right? Yeah, that was just prior. Okay. So in between law school at Mizzou and heading off to get my MBA, Jason, um, one of my uh, boyhood friends and I started developing old warehouses in what is now the Crossroads Arts District. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to go back. I mean, that's 22 years ago. So the district wasn't even called Crossroads yet. When we were first there, it was called the Freight House District. Right. Uh, Jason, my partner, had been a real visionary. He and a, a local guy named David Sosland had done Annie's Lofts, mm-hmm. the first loft-style condos in Kansas City. Right. Um, and then right after that, we rolled into doing some of the first uh, commercial spaces and more lofts. And we ended up doing almost a dozen buildings between what is now the Crossroads uh, and the city market. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Um, we've got buildings that now house things like um, SHS, big marketing and advertising firm here mm-hmm. in Kansas City, the Popcorn Lofts, um, other commercial space at 19th Popcorn Lofts, yeah, I heard those are nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then also the building that uh, our local legend Stretch is in. So okay. if you visualize Grinders and Grinders West and the Great Crossroads Music Venue, those were all buildings that, uh, that Jason and I developed. Oh, cool. Uh, Crossroads is, uh, East Crossroads is growing up and that, that kind of lends itself to the next little thing we're going to do. We're going to skip over some of your other entrepreneurial things. We may get to those later, but, uh, sure. Torn Label Brewery. Yeah. Uh, you founded that, co-founded that, correct? Correct. And that is in the Crossroads, East Crossroads. Exactly. So talk it's- to us about that. Why, why, uh, why did you get into that brewing? And, uh, I know that's, you, you've told me off the, offline here that that's important to you and I think it's fun. Yeah. So, I mentioned that I was fortunate that my parents uh, were both entrepreneurial. My mom owned um, a local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I grew up in Kansas City in Independence, but my parents moved out to Smithville mm-hmm. after I graduated college. My, bo- my mom owned the Smithville Herald. My dad owned beer distributorships okay. here in Missouri and then eventually in the Chicago area. Again, 
all after I graduated from college. So I grew up understanding uh, beer, um, and and I was it's a very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting world, especially in Missouri, with the uh, distributors and uh, the power of Anheuser Busch throughout the years with lobbyists and the laws. There, there's very so much lax so. here. That's right. <laughs> it took it. It took, but it took the the quiet patience and tenacity of John McDonald at Boulevard. Who's been on the show before? Great guy. He is, and the Schlafly family in St. Louis to sort of wait and to slowly help reshape Missouri law to be friendly to the to craft, craft brewers. Yeah, okay. to the craft brewers. So this is also something I tracked and followed. Um, I, uh, I, we, we kind of jumped from uh, Mizzou Law School to me graduating college mm-hmm. at 19. That was a little too fast. Um, I turned 20 right after and went to law school for a year at USC, rolled right into the University of Southern California and dropped out. Now, we know I went back to... I didn't finish. know that. Yeah. I learned something new here. So, um, and at the time, I don't think my family shared this with me, but I think they were concerned. Like, wow, he burned out. Mm-hmm. He moved through so fast. He was on this path. And I think this is important. Your, your path can be winding, right? The most interesting people tend to have a nonlinear career path. Mm-hmm. I know yours has been nonlinear. <laughs> yes, it has. Right? No, it, we'll get into that. It's it, been way nonlinear it, lately. It, those least. are the most interesting. I think those are people that um, are open and dynamic as opposed to dogmatic and overly prepared. I, I, I like those kinds of career paths. I tend to like those kinds of people more. Mm-hmm. So I dropped out, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I, I turned 21 that summer without a real plan in mind. And so I've been lucky that I've watched two entrepreneurs in my own household with my parents, but it just wasn't in my nature to step into the family businesses. I've always wanted to do my own thing. And it's not that I'm not close with my parents. Far from it. I respect them so much, but I just I had to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the closest I had to connection with my parents has always been around beer. So my dad said, Chad, I know someone in Columbia, Missouri, who's running a beer distributorship. He wants some that he's someone that he described as, uh, that would bring experience, but youthful energy mm-hmm. meet with him. Okay. You grew up around this business. You understand it. Mm-hmm. So I met with him. We hit it off. And at 21, he hired me to run a little Coors Boulevard beer distributorship in Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> And, there you go. And it was just a course distributorship when I started. But I knew Kansas City. This is 1991. Okay. Um, and so I came up to Kansas City, met with John McDonald. Boulevard was two years old. And I said, John, I want to bring Columbia. I want to bring Boulevard to Columbia. He and Leo, his old sales manager, uh, came and visited. And, and this is the sort of the brilliance of John McDonald. He said, um, we'll come back in a few weeks. Can you have it in three accounts? <laughs> and I said, John, I can have it in 50. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 only three. And here's the way he worded it. He said, but three places that will love it. Mm-hmm. He didn't say that we'll sell the most. He meant, and I knew what he meant. He wanted to build fans. And so we got it in one very high volume place in Columbia, um, a place uh, that's That I probably legendary. went to many times. Yeah, so we got it in Kelly's. <laughs> okay. Um, we also put it in Widman's, which was a quieter place, but focus on, on oh, more sure. import beers. Sure, I know about Whitman's. Right? That's where all the law school kids used to go. And I used to go to Fieldhouse and Willie's. Fieldhouse Willie's. All the law school classmates that were girls would, would hate us because they thought we were hanging out with undergrads too much. They were right. <laughs> 
Let's, 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 let's be honest. Quidmans was kind of the more uppity, exactly. Uppity, but just you no, know, it was, not. It was more of like the thinkers and el- elbow patches. Yes, and pipes. yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. It was not the fieldhouse crowd. Gra- grad grad students at the J school would go to Widman's. Uh, I'd have to were say, drinking dime beers at fieldhouse. I'd have to say though, uh, as far as bars in Columbia go, I, I was a Willie's guy. Oh, nice. I enjoyed Willie's. I enjoyed that patio. Oh, absolutely. It was a fun time. So, anyways, so back to your back to your three places. Well, but it, I think there's a little lesson here for any entrepreneurs. And then the third place I picked, it's kind of the finish to the story. So, uh, John McDonald and Leo came back and visited, and we had prime placement. And they loved that I that I went on premise because, especially in that time, they believed craft beer was best enjoyed, mm-hmm. served um, on on premise on draft with the community of other people. Now, eventually, they've had a lot of success with bottles and cans. And sure, sure, sure. They love that. And the third place was a restaurant that's now gone. And they found out because we sat down at the Cornerstone restaurant in Columbia, Missouri that only had one tap. They offered one beer. If you wanted a beer in Cornerstone, and it was Boulevard Bully Porter. And so they <laughs> served it up to John and Leo. And those guys understood that I knew what they were trying to do, which mm-hmm. was build fanatics. And you do that slowly. You right. don't rush and try and grab, grab every placement you can. And part of that philosophy has been embraced by my partners at Torn Label. Okay, and we'll get to that after the break. We're with Chad Troutwine, entrepreneur extraordinaire. I don't call him a serial entrepreneur because that's cliche. But uh, he's a Missouri guy and uh, in with us today in studio for the full hour. You're listening to Grill Nation Show on KBZ 980. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM KMBZ. We're talking to Chad Trotwine, entrepreneur. Uh, done a lot of cool things, including Veritas Prep. He's been recognized by Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. He's one of the co-founders of Torn Label Brewing here in Kansas City and also founded the Los Angeles Computer Coding Academy, Codesmith, in addition to producing many films that you might have heard of. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I want to continue with Torn Label. First off, I'd like to say that everyone in this studio, I believe, went to Mizzou at some point in their careers, and being in the Kansas City side, that is very rare with all the KU people running around here that uh, we can talk about there Mizzou a, bars and, uh, <laughs> and, and off, off the air. It's pretty nuts. There is a special bond among Kansas City, Mizzou folks. I love that. I didn't appreciate it growing up here. Um, you, you develop the rivalry with KU Young. Um, you get a little distance. And for me, at least, the KU hatred sort of faded away. I've got some great friends who are Jayhawks. Then you go to Mizzou and you realize the biggest sphere of influence, it's not the rural folks at Mizzou. It's not the people from out of state. It's not the Kansas Cityans. It's St. Louis people yeah, at right. Mizzou. And so <laughs> there is something incredibly bonding about being a Kansas City person but who has ties. To it's crazy. And uh, it, it's funny too, because you know, I'm not a big, I've dated Jayhawks and I just, I don't like the Jayhawks, but um, you know, like it's funny cause I, I rip on Cardinals fans a lot, but they're right. all Mizzou people. Exactly. So I'm like Cardinals fans are like Jayhawks fans, but I can't make that comparison our, because our Venn diagram is tight. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, it is tight. And I'm looking forward to uh, Mizzou and Kansas and the NCAAs, hopefully this year in basketball. Exactly. I hope that they pair us together. That'd be a, that'll be raucous. If it's at Sprint Center, it'd even be better. The committee has had its sense of humor and right. healthy doses Shots of irony Kansas. in the past. So they, they love to, to put together uh, games with, with intrigue, drama, and history. And I can't imagine anything more fascinating going into this season. If Mizzou is as good as the hype 
and KU is as good as always. they always seem to yeah. be. It would be it would be fascinating. We'll to mention to that Foster is here as well as Mark, my, my fa- chief of staff, Foster Foster, Foster helped set this up today, and he's a Mizzou guy as well. Exactly. Recently married. Congratulations. Um, okay, so uh, Chad, let's talk just briefly again a little bit about Torn Label. Good. You talked about kind of how your beer influence and whatnot. How how is it going right now? And I know you're in the East Crossroads, which is becoming a uh, haven for uh, craft breweries uh, and music, and it's just growing like crazy over there. It's really cool to see. Exactly. Jason's combined. You just drive down there on like a Tuesday night, and you're like, holy crap, look at all these people. <laughs> exactly. Like, wow. Like, I used to office down there, and uh, there was just a coffee shop that was just opening in Grinders. That was it. That's and now it. you have... There's energy yeah. every, every night, like house. a random, like a random night. There's yeah. a taco joint that just opened up. Mission Taco, yeah. which is uh, my go-to place in those times that I was in St. Louis. This is a, an extraordinary time to be in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, I don't remember a better time in our lifetimes to be in Kansas City, especially the vibrant urban core of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We're we're in a pretty magical time right now. It really is. Um, so back back to torn label. Um, we, we talked a little bit about Boulevard, and there was a real influence on my relationship with, with Boulevard on what became Torn Label. So there was a magic moment uh, about three and a half years ago where I'd had some success with my businesses. Uh, Veritas is mature and made some money, had some success with my films. And there was a moment where, uh, through some conversations, I got the sense that John McDonald might be considering a new chapter in his life. Mm-hmm. And so I recruited a private equity partner to put up the bulk of the money. And I, I've never told this story publicly. I've shared it privately with some friends. We'll have a handful of listeners that will hopefully catch on to this then. <laughs> I, I, sat, I sat down um, with John McDonald. Did you had the relationship from your 20s and exactly. throughout the years. Yeah. And Jeff Crum. Oh, yeah, Jeff, uh, yeah. Of the, the, the Boulevard team, the CEO and founder and the CFO, and said, look, I've spent a lot of time in California, and if you grow up there, your dream is to own Universal or Paramount. I have friends from New York, and my buddies there, probably their dream would be to own the New York Yankees. Well, I'm from Kansas City, mm-hmm. and my dream is to own Boulevard. <laughs> and, there you go. And I have, I have the partners to allow me to make this offer. To make an offer, yeah, and a real we, offer. We made a, a, a significant offer. And what I love is that it didn't work out for us. But when John came back, he shared this. He said, do you remember when I decided to become a brewer? And I said, uh, you and your wife were on your anniversary and you were in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And you knew this is what I want to do. I found my calling. Because mm-hmm. he was a uh, tradesman, right? Right. Carpenter. Okay. Carpenter, yeah. And he said, right. He said, do you remember the brewery? When I knew this is it, this is what we want to do. And I said, Duvel. Because he was in Belgium. Okay, yeah. And he said, Duvel. And there was a pause, and I said, So it was, it was and very. I said, yeah. I said, Jason, I said, Duvel is going to acquire Boulevard. And, and he said, yes. And <laughs> so, so it was a real, like, you know, kind of yeah. full circle for him. It was. So it made sense. Yes. Even if money, you know, that he got, there was a lot of money involved, but right. it was a lot of sentimental, too. It, exactly, Jason. That's and those cool. things matter. That's one of the great things about small business and entrepreneurship, you can make different choices, I, I assume, than the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. You can go with your heart and passion. So anyway, the timing was right. About that exact same time, Rafi Chaudhry, a great friend, a Kansas City guy um, who went to film school at NYU and USC, and we'd made films together. Um, I'd gotten to know Rafi over the years, and I'd realized Rafi knew, Rafi knew more about 
beer, craft beer than anybody I'd ever met. Mm. He has visited hundreds and hundreds of, of craft breweries. He has an extraordinary, um, uh, taste, you know, um, and he talked about this legend, this underground legend named Travis Moore, another Kansas Cityan, who had gone to law school in Chicago and was working as an attorney, but was moonlighting at some of the craft breweries in Chicago and had become an underground brewing legend. Travis and Ruffy came to me and said, we're thinking about doing a Kickstarter campaign uh, to move back from California and Chicago back home to Kansas City to start a brewery. Mm-hmm. Would you take a look at our plan? So I reviewed it, tasted some of Travis's early beer, and I said, would it make sense to not do a Kickstarter campaign and to have one partner? Mm-hmm. And I became that partner. Oh, cool. So it was a little bit of my beer history, but it's really the talent and expertise of Travis and Ruffy that made this thing happen. So they moved back full-time to Kansas City and have led the charge uh, along with our incredible team, including Thomas Woodward and Alex Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you like how there's a lot of things happening in Kansas City on this note. Absolutely. More competition, more breweries, more craft beers. Jason, this was all John part of McDonald it. kind of started a. Uh, he was he was the the father, the forefather. Exactly right, and there will continue to be evolutions of new waves of of interesting things. You mentioned some of your your uh, sponsors, Jay Rigger. They're they're kind of the leader now. We're seeing more distilleries and correct. They've changed all of the laws. They're the the zoning regulations in Kansas City. They were they had a huge hand on that. Exactly it took a right. While, but they figured it out. We've partnered with them. We've been aging some of our beer in Jay Rieger Oak, some yeah, of their sure. some of their, their whiskey barrels. Uh, you mentioned MoBank. MoBank is the uh, bank for Torn Label. That's they awesome. have an office right in the crossroads. And I go back to them. Um, Grant and Julie at MoBank were our partners when Jason Johnson and I were developing buildings in the crossroads. So there's this incredible tight knit community of businesses. And what I love about it is it's not tight knit like if you're not a part of the community, you're out. So don't picture like an old boys network. Mm-hmm. It is diverse, young, and energetic. And uh, But there's still this sense that everyone's supporting each other. I love that. That's a Kansas City thing. We're talking yep. to Chad Troutwine. Chad, I want to briefly touch upon uh, more of your entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, just just give us the reasons why and you decided to do this. Coatsmith, let's touch on Coatsmith and talk about your film, film work. Sure. Coatsmith. So Coatsmith emerged in the same way that Veritas did. I saw an opportunity to help people transform their lives. So it's pretty simple what we do at Coatsmith. It's very difficult to get in, but if you get in, you go through a 12-week immersive program. At the end of that 12 weeks, you are a mid-level software engineer. Coatsmith has offices in Los Angeles and New York, and we're looking at Kansas City right now. Mm-hmm. Coatsmith graduates are typically 25. They typically already have a college degree. Usually they went to a good college because I say, as I say, it's very difficult to get into Coatsmith. But once you exit, you exit into six-figure job offers from hiring partners like Facebook, Uber, Snapchat, um, ESPN, Warner Brothers, mm. and then some smaller, stealthier venture-backed companies like Whisper and Black Tux. Mm. It's been an incredible experience. That's awesome. That's very cool. And then the film industry. Talk about that. Anything movies we've seen or heard of, and, and how did you get into that, financing, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I'm an investor producer in some recognizable independent films, including Capote, which was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman won the Academy Award for Best Actor. I'm a producer on a film called Paris Je Thème that uh, was a big global sensation and starred people like Nick Nolte and... Uh, Natalie Portman um, also made recognizable documentaries like Freakonomics, which is also led to a radio show and podcast that I co-founded. 
Uh, and we've got some pretty exciting films coming up. Our film, Bill Nye Science Guy, mm-hmm. has a Kansas, that, yeah. Yeah, it has its uh, Kansas City uh, sneak preview premiere this Saturday at the Screenland Armor. Um, and then it'll have a wider theatrical release this fall before it goes to PBS television and Netflix after the new year. Hmm. Uh, I'd love to see the uh, show you appeared in as yourself in 2007. A lawyer walks into the bar. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a documentary. <laughs> I'm film. looking at your Wikipedia page and I'm, I'm looking at these movies and that one would be interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a documentary film about America's obsession with lawyers and suing each other. Now, you, Jason, you and I know it's slowed down over the last few years, but through the 90s and early 2000s, America was producing more lawyers than the entire rest of the world combined. <laughs> and so a uh, documentary filmmaker decided, what's wrong with the American psyche that we want to sue each other so aggressively? And why do so many people want to go to law school? Uh, so I'm part of that. And I'm brought in as an expert. I helped someone who had failed the California bar mm. 42 times. <laughs> And so I was brought in as a test prep expert to help this guy. But along the way, you're like, why would he continue to take yeah, what, the bar that's exam? Insane. I've heard three. Times, I've heard three times, maybe forty two times. Don Bauman, a wonderful I've got, guy. I've got, to, I've got to get it. So that's so that's why walks that. into a bar. It's I great. Got, it's funny. It's biting. It's um, and it's sad because you see these people leave law school with a bunch of debt and they're not even able to pass the bar exam. Crazy. Uh, we're talking to Chad Troutwine, just a great guy. He's done a lot of different things. He's on Twitter at Chad Troutwine. Uh, also, can find him on LinkedIn. Probably can plug a few more websites in our next segment. We'll be right back on Grill Nation Show. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 and KMBZ. We have a limited time left, nine minutes, with Chad Troutwine, who's been a great guest. He's an entrepreneur and I want to get some entrepreneurial tidbits here in the last segment. But real quickly, want to mention that uh, you also went to Harvard. I did. Kennedy School for a year, got your MPA. Yes. And uh, also to uh, Aspen Institute. Right. Uh, we I had the chance to go there for the Socrates program. Great programs. Do you want to give a quick plug? Absolutely. So the Kennedy School has become the center of gravity for public policy, government, uh, shaping cities, and a launch pad for political careers. What's great about the Kennedy School is it actively solicits diverse opinion. So we had Tea Party Republicans, traditional Republicans, very progressive Democrats, and more mainstream Democrats, as well as international students, all swirl together. So you're not spoon-fed a single political philosophy. There is active, exciting debate. The great thing is is the Kennedy School fosters an environment of productivity and getting things done, Mm -hmm. so it's not acrimonious. It's really a healthy balance. Same thing with the Aspen Institute. Correct. It's not political at all. So the Aspen Institute is very much about um, inspiring entrepreneurs to move from a life of success to a life of significance. Emerging emerging people as well. Exactly. It's very cool. I had a chance to go out there. It's beautiful out there. Gosh, yeah. it's pretty out there. I yeah. I left there and be like, man, it'd be great to come here every couple of years. So Jason just, just to get some just to get some R and R. I mean, <laughs> you know, and some some when you go out to the mountains or go out to where you live, it's just uh, very refreshing. Find that you guys live longer. Yeah. <laughs> but I, here's the thing is you can find that great quality of life anywhere. A lot of it is adopting the right attitude. But going to a place like Aspen reminds you the things that matter. To know when to be on the the gas pedal and hammer it and work hard, and when to know uh, the time is right to 
slow it down a little bit, to back off, to spend time out on the lake, get into the mountains a little bit. So I'm a Henry Crown Fellow, which mm-hmm. affords me the opportunity to get back to Aspen at least once a, once a year. And we're in a community of about 300 leaders here in the United States that includes um, the founders of some very successful mm-hmm. large companies, as well cool. as some people who are mayors and governors around the country. That's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about some advice. You've obviously done a lot of things. We touched on a lot of them today. Not as in-depth as I like. I like storytelling, and yeah. uh, we got some good ones out of you today, but uh, we'll have you on again down the road. Um, hopefully, you'll be in Kansas City more. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurial advice. like Give us some of your uh, top top advice points for people who are either in business now or uh, growing a company or starting a company. Uh, I love this topic, Jason, and I'll start it off by a contrast by what you see typically in California versus what you typically see in Kansas City. So. In California, there is no lack of ambition. Right. I meet so many people who believe their business will change the world, will transform it. They're already thinking about a billion-dollar business. We're in Kent, whereas in Kansas City, by contrast, I meet brilliant, talented people who typically have much more modest ambitions. And so what I say to Californians is be a little bit more pragmatic, maybe rein in the ambition a little bit. But what I'll say to my friends here in Kansas City, there are so many great entrepreneurs here, is don't be afraid to swing for the fences. Moose is about to break Balboni's home run record. <laughs> right. We shouldn't be afraid to muscle up. Right. Um, and so with Kansas Cityans, I'm, I tend to encourage them to, to go bigger, to, to, to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, that's pretty generic advice, but I can't tell you how often I see that as a stark contrast between my, my co-homes here. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'll say is that especially uh, good advice for people in Kansas City, learn how to become a great storyteller. Own your own story. That doesn't mean you have to be as talkative and outgoing as we are, Jason. Mm-hmm. You can stay, you can still be shy, but understand what you're trying to do. If you can't tell the story of your business idea, you're not going to attract good partners. You're going to struggle to raise financing. You're not going to be able to attract talented employees because they're not going to be bought into your idea. How do you expect to get good customers if you can't tell the story of your service or your product? So understand that storytelling is not about boasting or bragging. It's about letting other people know how passionately you care about what it is you want them to purchase or buy into. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, and it can be learned. Right. That's interesting. Uh, I think we, we need to brag more about what we're doing. I think people mm-hmm. are now a little bit more. I think the mayor is, is, is led that pathway to be a uh, spokesperson for Kansas city Yeah, and for, and for what we're trying to do with entrepreneurship. Um, so uh, real quickly too on um, the differences you, you mentioned that um, one, two, two is you, you went to Mizzou. I feel like, as a whole, like even though you've been on L.A., Santa Monica, whatever, uh, Malibu, you've you still have that Mizzou, Mizzou roots, Kansas yes. City roots. Yes, and, and and I think that serves you well in business and in uh, relationships. I think so. It's it, it's got to be authentic, whatever it is. And so I'm not afraid to talk about the things that I do that seem pretty California. I I I drive a Tesla. Um, I don't eat as much barbecue as I used to. Um, but there's the flip side, whereas I am a a diehard, passionate Chiefs, Royals, sporting fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love to, to go out and uh, have a beer on first Friday. Um, you know, So I'm not afraid to embrace both parts of who I am. One of the things that people in California admire about people from Kansas City, and I don't know that we all deserve it, is they assume the default is we're straight shooters. Mm-hmm. They assume a level of honesty, humility, and polite behavior. That, right. that they might not expect on our, on our opposite coasts. Well, if that's real, take advantage of that. That can give you a business advantage. Now, it's got to be real. I've met 
the, the honest answer is I've met as many phonies and, and, uh, and BS artists uh, <laughs> on here, here in, here in Kansas city as I have in California. Yeah. Um, but I think when we're true to our values of where we're from, that can also be an advantage in business. Mm-hmm. Also, you mentioned the sports stuff, yes. big Mizzou fan. We talked off air about college, uh, Fantasy Football League. I still haven't ventured into that, but uh sounds interesting. Yeah, the Been black doing it for ten years. Yeah, the black and gold league. Um it's uh I think I'm it's surprised th- you haven't done anything in a fantasy sports yet. It's, we've had we've had the CEO of uh FanDuel on the show before, uh and wow, some other industries. Uh they, sounds they like it's right up your alley for your next uh, startup idea, something in sports. Yeah, so Foster and I have been um evaluating a handful of teams. Um years ago I put together a coalition of Kansas City business owners. And we made a run at acquiring the Sacramento Kings to return oh, them to the Sprint are Center. Are you kidding me? Right. So again, this is again kind of we didn't get far enough along with the Maloof family, and they had such an over the top offer from the current owner, mm-hmm. uh, a Silicon Valley billionaire, that we it, it was sort of d- dead at birth. Sure. But we'd started the process. That'd have been cool. Yeah, That'd have been cool. Kings. So now we're looking at other other kinds of opportunities, even esports teams. Um, I'm, I'm not a big. Um, Sports gaming fanatic, but I recognize, um, and, and Foster and I have talked a lot about this. What could be an interesting emerging sports opportunity is in an esports mm-hmm. franchise. There's some people I want to introduce you to, to here in Kansas City. I feel like we have a lot of uh, mutual friends, but there's people in the sports world that you probably don't know yet that are involved with different types of things like hockey and, and, right. and, and you know, soccer and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that'll be interesting. I always wonder, and there's always rumors about uh, adding another pro sports team to Kansas mm-hmm. City, and if that'll ever happen. And uh, I will say this: I lived downtown. And there was four concerts and four nights at Sprint Center, and you had the likes of Coldplay, Lamar, Kend- Kendrick Lamar. I mean, Coldplay concert was awesome, by the way. Uh, they're at the Rose Bowl here in October. You definitely need to check that out. Absolutely. But um, you know, there's so many potential things that could happen. What I love is is that we're a vibrant city that already has. Um, the Chiefs and the Royals and sporting. I'm an enormous soccer fan. I'm a Liverpool fan and a U.S. Men's there. National I didn't know team. You were okay. So you never walk alone. And um, I- I've loved watching sporting. I would. No one would be happier if Kansas City was able to add um, an NHL or NBA team as long as we support them. Um, we're a good, healthy size. What I love is that we didn't lose the, those three pillars mm-hmm. and that we support them well. That's the baseline. Mm-hmm. If we can add one of those winter sports teams, fantastic. We certainly have a beautiful venue. Sprint Center is second to none. I agree. I agree, man. It is really cool. Chad Troutwine has been my guest today. We talked about a lot of different topics. Definitely have him on again on the show. At Chad Troutwine, he uh, is a good guy and uh, uh, has a lot of great knowledge you share with us, and a lot of good stories. So I'd like to hear more of them down the road, but I appreciate you coming to the studio today. and. Welcome back to Kansas City for the for the next week. It's been great to be on. Growing I know you get I know you get a back and forth all the time, but <laughs> it's nice to hear have you here in, in studio. It's been great to be on Girl Nation, Jason. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Have a good one. Yeah.